Yes. Hi. Look at you working this technology. That's scary, isn't it? <laughs> well, it obviously <laughs> worked just fine. Well, yeah. right as we were about to um, start recording this, we were having a conversation. And oh, hold on, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. And you were, anyhow, you were telling me a story, and I'm like, stop, 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 stop. We got to say that for right. the podcast. That's right. But uh, before we do this, guys, uh, welcome to the Dear Fat You Don't Own Me podcast. This is episode 14, I think. This is going to be about what you need to do to succeed during the holiday season, which we are just about to start. Before we do that, you're going to meet Carol, and I want you to know that if you're listening to this outside of the holiday season, you're going to find that this is going to help you during Valentine's Day and all the holidays that come up, because That's there's right. a lot of similarities. So yep. um, anyhow, Carol, before we get into that, let's talk about you for a minute, because you have a pretty fantastic story. That's my um, favorite subject. <laughs> definitely so tell us how many pounds you've lost first of all i have lost 87 pounds and you're of course 19 years old right yes i am right and nine, 19 years old and i'll be 75 in december 75 in december mm -hmm. i'm a great grandma and so how many years have you have you been wanting to lose weight or wish you were thinner well let's see i'm seven going to be 75 i would say probably 50 oh my gosh yeah 50. you know you yeah. know, when we talk about what we're going to talk about today and you think back that you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, that is totally me. Well, let me give you and I, I was we were just talking about this right before this, but let me give you a little history about you and your situation. So for anybody okay. thinking, oh, yeah, losing weight is easy for her. She's down 87 pounds. She doesn't yeah. know what it's like to be me. Yeah, here's here's what Carol did. OK, Carol actually started our program 10 years ago, back in 2011. And on January 9th, so just a couple months later, you quit the program and mm -hmm. you said and you weren't at goal. You're partway there. And the reason that you left is because you said you, you just had too much going on. You were too busy. So then you gained 35 pounds back, came back the next year. Right. And believe it or not. Now, this is interesting because. As people, we are like these creatures of habit, like we do the same things over and over. When you quit the next year, you actually quit within three days of the same date that you quit the first time. Within hey, just like the swallows in Capistrano. Yes, three days. And it was always right after January. And, you know, one of the reasons that people struggle right after the holidays is because they, a lot of times they have the best intentions to really get it together and start kicking butt. And then they realize it's hard in January, just like it was in December. And then they give up. But yeah, three days. But then this last year, you decided that's the end of it. And you came back. Mm -hmm. And when things got hard, you saw this thing through the end. And now what you've done is you have overcome 10 years of struggling with this from the first time you started here. And 50 right. years when you've been trying to do it on your own and other oh, plans. Other plans, yeah. Yeah. And here you are at goal weight and 75 years old. Now, what size were you before you started the plan? I was an 18 bordering on 20. Nice. And then what are you right now? I'm in an eight. Yeah. And, and I, I, probably, I probably could go down another size if I wanted to get really, really into it. And, you know, I knew that you were in an eight too, because you sent this fantastic email the other day about how you're not being self-conscious about your body and how, you know, you're aware of the image that you're projecting and how when you're in a crowd, you feel like you're one of the smallest people. Mm -hmm. And then you said, this is super cool, that uh, 
you know, you, you, you feel like people are wondering, you know, how a 75 year old woman could look like she looked almost 60 years ago and that you're five pounds away from what you weighed in, uh, in high school. When I graduated high school. Yeah. Now, when have you lost, have you lost that much before, before you started here? Uh, not that much at one time. No, you know, I lost it and I gained it back. I must have lost in, I, about a million pounds, you know, <laughs> and, and put a million and five back on. So, That's amazing. yeah, That's it's amazing. just up, up and down. And then the last thing that you said here is so great. And anybody listening, guys, when you're listening to this, the one reason that our program works is not because we sell bottles of magic. Um, the reason that this works, and it's what you said, you said, um, it took me almost two years, but the journey was well worth it. I love, I don't love having to write my foods down and measure what I'm eating and so forth, but the accountability every evening did the trick. Uh, exactly. Thank you. Thank you for including this important step in the process. Now, Carol, why do you think the accountability made such a big difference to you? I mean, it, it is the reason that people succeed because once you have that, you actually do what you've always known you needed to do. But why mm -hmm. do you think that made such a difference for you? Well, there are two reasons that the accountability made a difference to me. One of them was if, that if I didn't check in every night, somebody got on me. <laughs> somebody said, what happened? Did you fall off the face of the earth? Who was that and, somebody? Uh, it could have been you, could have been Ed, could have been just anybody <laughs> off the street that you said, here, say this into the phone for this lady. She needs you. But, okay, but, go ahead. But uh, then the second reason is that it showed that you guys cared what I did that you wanted me to succeed. And that is the crux of it. You know, if, if nobody says, gee, you're looking good, or gee, have you lost weight? Or gee, I really care about you. Then you lose a lot of, of the impetus to do something like this because Gosh. it's something that you, you put on by yourself, but you have to have help take it off. And, yep. and fast has done that for me. Oh, the last you, how many you years. You, know. you really do need help getting it off because no matter how yeah. inspired you are or motivated you are or how much you're losing in a week, there eventually comes a time when you, where you struggle and things are hard. And if mm -hmm. you don't have somebody there to grab you, a coach to grab you and say, whoa, wait a minute, let's focus yeah. on what you really want to do, then uh, it, it just doesn't happen. Now, I want to show you something else besides all these obstacles you've overcome to get to this point. When you actually left the program the second time, we keep track of like we keep the emails that people send us when when they quit before they get the goal because mm -hmm. of times just like this. The reason that you had left that second time is because you said there was too much pressure on the program. Now, what's interesting is, is that once you changed your thinking on this and realized that that pressure, which really is the accountability, was a good thing. All of a sudden, that became the thing that actually helped you get to this point. Exactly. But, I mean, a person's perspective completely changes everything. Because if a person looks at what we do, I mean, requiring you to follow through with your goals is pressure. Well, then you're going to struggle because you think we're going to be mean. But if you go the opposite direction, look at somebody like a coach that says, wait a minute. These guys are trying to hold me accountable and trying to push me in the right direction because they care, like you said. Then what used to feel like pressure becomes support. And, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You can you can liken that to, to being uh, a teenage kid, and and your parents are overbearing. They tell you what to do all the time. You can't have a life of your own, and you're a grown up. And then suddenly, you are grown up, and you have kids of your own, and you recognize that gee, 
mom and dad weren't so bad. They were right. They were there to help me. And I wasn't wise enough to see it. And suddenly that's when your perspective changes and everything just falls into place and it works. Carol, I have an 18 year old right now. And good luck. I can't can't wait to get to that moment, you know, where he realizes that because I can be a little intense sometimes. And (laughs) and the thing is, he he uh, he doesn't see it all the time yet. He certainly knows that we love him. But it's 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 actually kind of nice to hear you say that, because as you know, obviously, having raised kids, uh, when you're in this situation, you kind of feel like, oh, my gosh, am I doing too much too much or are they not getting it? But I don't know. He'll eventually figure it out, I guess. I have to share my my daughter, who is going to be 53 Mm -hmm. in uh, this early December, just before my birthday. uh, She sent me a a hand towel recently. I think it was Christmas ago or something like that. And on it, it says, OMG, my mother was right about everything. Oh, my gosh. And I have it hanging on my refrigerator. Just remind me. I need one of those so bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, but it, it has it has to say "father" for you. But you could, you know, right. you <laughs> maybe one day. Nikki and I talk about this all the time. We're like, one day he's going to come to us and say, "You know what? Thanks for all that information. That helped out." Well, good. Yeah, well, you know, good. you'll wait for it. Don't hold your breath though, unless you look good in blue. Yeah. <laughs> so you uh, you were telling me you went to the doctor recently, but you're, you're telling me about the Cadbury egg story that I interrupted you telling. Oh, oh, the Cadbury egg story. Yes, I went to the doctor actually just this morning for my physical. And she says, Carol, you are absolutely perfect. You're just in the right weight. Uh, She had encouraged me to get down to 150. And so I decided I would show her what I could do and what I couldn't do. (laughs) And so I got down, I think I weighed 127 this morning. And I'm five something, not very many. Five two. Above five, something that. And so it's it's a great weight, and as you as you present, you know, you pointed out, I'm several sizes smaller. But I told her she asked about how I did it, and I told her about the program. I said, "This is what you have to do: five food groups. You report every night. You weigh once a week, and the whole nine yards." And then I said, "You know, if you if you can find the numbers, you can have it." Really? Yeah. I said, I absolutely love Cadbury cream eggs and you can only get them at Easter time. Right. So I stock up. I think I got something like eight or nine dozen uh, this last Easter. But I found I found some place online that I can get them all year round. So guess what I did recently? I got another eight or nine dozen and I put them (laughs) in containers. I put them in containers. I put some out for me from for me, and then I put the rest of them in the refrigerator where I really can't see them, but I know they're there. And when they're gone, I'm getting more. But I have one a day. Sometimes I have it for breakfast. It makes me feel good to write down that I had an egg for breakfast. A chocolate egg, yeah. And I had it. Why... No, I didn't. Put, don't say chocolate. I just say egg. You put, egg. So... <laughs> you put scrambled eggs, right? <laughs> no, not scrambled. It I eat it. It's kind of, kind of soft-boiled. Um, but, but anyway... I have an egg for, for breakfast, and I, one egg has 150 calories, 6 grams of fat, 24 grams of carbs, no fiber, and 2 grams of protein. And I know those numbers, and I could put them down in, my, in the dark because that's my thing. I go to my Cadbury egg when I'm not feeling, you know, on top of the world, and I said I'm worth it, and I deserve it, and by golly, I'm going to have it. So I have it. 
See, and this is why our program works, all right? Because mm-hmm. as you, you you obviously understand, okay, is that everybody's trying to like cut out carbs and, you know, they can only eat healthy foods and they have to eat plant-based and they're trying to take out all the things they want. Well, the truth is if you cut all this stuff out that you don't want, then eventually you want to have a piece of bread or you want to eat a piece of chocolate and you gave that up. Mm-hmm. And once you eat it, you lose it. On our plan, as you know, like you really do eat the foods you want. There's one of the first podcasts that we did on this was a guy, uh, his name's Rudy and Rudy's kept, geez, he's kept, I don't know, a hundred pounds off or something like that. He's 86 now, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I just talked to him a couple of days ago. Well, he drinks a bottle of wine every day. Now, is drinking wow. a bottle of wine every day mm-hmm. a great idea? Probably not. Are Cadbury eggs good for you? Of course they're not. But we're going to eat these things. And if you learn how to lose your weight eating the foods that you want by just getting a little control over it, then you start thinking and you start using your brain like you're saying and going, you know what? I'm going to go buy dozens of these things and I'll have one a day. But the truth right. is, one of those a day doesn't cause a problem. The problem is that you're controlled with everything else or you're out of control with everything else. So mm-hmm. that is a great story. Well, isn't it, yeah, isn't it, it? Go ahead. It, it, it's like we're, uh, kids working in a candy shop. The first few days, man, they just gorge themselves with as much candy and sweets as they can. And after they've been there a week, two weeks, three weeks, they say, oh, I don't want that anymore. I'm tired of eating candy. I'm tired of eating all this junk. I'll allow myself one piece a day. Okay, that's good. So just knowing that you can have it, if you need it, if you quote, quote, need it, then it takes away some of the pressure to not have it. And it makes you more free to be yourself. Absolutely. Just knowing that you haven't done some crazy plan where you now have to give up everything you want allows you to start using your brain so that you can get Mm -hmm. control of it and live like a normal human being. Yeah. That is amazing. That really is. Oh, gosh. I love that story. All right. Well, all right. Well, so, you know, you're going to find that what we're going to talk about on this podcast um, is going so much of this is going to mirror like uh, some of the issues we've already talked about nearly every day when I uh, talk to somebody and I, I ask somebody the question, how many years they've been trying to lose weight or wish they were thinner, just like I asked you. And the most common mm-hmm. answer that I get is similar to what you said, which is forever. You said 50 years. Mm-hmm. And the question is, you know, you guys listening to this, because this podcast is for um, is a public podcast. Anybody can listen to this one. These aren't the members ones. How is that possible that somebody can go 50 years their whole life? I mean, if a person has 100 pounds to lose, that can easily be done in 9 to 12 months. If a person has 50 pounds to lose, that can be done in 4 to 6 months. And yet every day I'm speaking with somebody who's trying to lose 20 pounds And they've been trying to lose that same 20 pounds for 20 years. Why is that something that can be done in 60 or 90 days, but it takes people 20 years? And believe it or not, the answer to that has to do with Halloween, which is actually coming up in three days, three days from the date we're recording this. But nonetheless, like I said at the beginning, you're going to find that if you listen to this podcast in March or August or any month in the year, this lesson will still apply perfectly. So let me show you what I mean. Let's go back to Halloween for a minute. Because this year, Halloween happens to fall on the most difficult, uh, on the most difficult day for any holiday, which is Sunday. Um, when it falls on a holiday like Sunday, that one day becomes a weekend holiday. 
And the only thing harder than a holiday falling on Sunday and it becoming a weekend holiday is when Christmas falls on a Monday, because then the weekend holiday actually becomes a four day food bonanza. Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. is also tough because that falls on Thursday and then people blow it on Thursday and then they blow it on Friday, which causes them to take the rest of the weekend off, which again ends up in four days of nonstop eating and a total loss of momentum. But let's forget about those holidays just for a minute. We're going to go back to Halloween. Right now, there are people all over the nation in their home, and they got a bowl of candy in their kitchen. And they nibble a little bit throughout the day. They hate the way their body feels. They wish so much that they could exercise some control, and yet candy is everywhere. And after decades of struggling with their weight, they can't seem to rally the willpower to do anything useful or constructive. And so they do what they know. When our human brain feels lost like this and we want to do something, but we don't know what to do, you would think that your brain would look for the solution, but it doesn't. It looks for something that it believes that could be the solution, even if it's not. And even if it's a mistake that makes the problem worse. Unfortunately, when a person has so many years of being overweight, the only information that's in your head about fitness is usually incorrect. And so your brain grabs a piece of that incorrect information that it's failed using several times and tries to use it or reuse it. And the end result is 20 years of being overweight and making the same mistakes Mm -hmm. over and over. And I'm going to give you a specific example of that. People that have failed on this crazy keto program that everybody does right now. Have you done, did you ever do keto, Carol? No, no, I didn't, I didn't do keto. How did you miss uh, that oh, one? <laughs> oh, because, because I was too busy doing Optifast. <laughs> but you did Atkins, I bet. I'm sorry? You probably did Atkins though. No, I did it through a, a hospital clinic. Really? Interesting. Okay. I didn't, good. and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do Atkins. I did, uh, Weight Watchers, I did uh, Nutrisystem, I did uh, Optifast, yeah, and I dropped the pound, and they came back on again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, all these people right now that, you know, as an example, all these people that have, you know, failed in the crazy keto program, what they'll do is they'll lose weight on keto, and then they gain it back right away, and then every time Mm -hmm. they want to lose, they keep thinking, well, I need to lower my carbs now. And then they'll lose some weight and then they eventually eat a piece of bread and gain it back. And this happens because low carbs is not the answer. And yet they keep repeating the same mistake over and over. And it's not that we repeat the same mistake over and over because we're stupid, but it's because it's the only information we have in our head. And the brain looks for something to do, not necessarily the right thing to do. And that's how 20 or in your case, you know, 50 years can pass without getting the Mm -hmm. results that you want. So as Halloween is approaching, which again, guys, this could be any holiday or any event, a person that's struggling with their weight will typically get up in the morning and their clothes don't fit. They hate the way they feel, but they put on their best face and nobody knows that they don't feel that way. They wear loose clothes and t-shirts, anything to cover up what's really going on. And the whole time they're nibbling on this candy. Then one moment That same person with 75 pounds to lose for the last 20 years looks in their bowl of candy and thinks, as soon as I get past Halloween on Monday morning, I'm going to start eating better and I'm going to start exercising. I am tired 
of feeling this way. And I'm going to guess you've probably done that for many, many holidays. Oh, I've seen, I've seen a saying that says, I just get going on my diet and here comes Thanksgiving and here comes Christmas and New Year's and then Valentine's Day and Easter and Monday and Tuesday and Thursday and Friday. And I'm, I'm done. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm talking about. And, mm-hmm. that, and what happens when you're in that moment, you think, you know, I'm going to start Monday morning. You feel like this feels like the solution because your mind is overwhelmed and it's disgusted with the effort the, or the lack of effort you've put forward. And although, you know, when we do this, this person, every, every person who does this, you know, they've made that promise to themselves a hundred times and they haven't followed through, but they do it because the brain wants to feel better and it wants to release the pressure. So we make this empty promise that when things will get easier after the holidays, you're going to start working on your health. And this is where the problem begins. And one of the main reasons that people fail year after year while they're trying to improve their health. Because now that the pressure is relieved because they have a plan to do this on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, like you said, in the same breath, they unwrap a Snickers bar in that bowl in their kitchen and they eat it in one bite. And then they reach in and grab a fun size pack of M&Ms and they eat that in two swallows. They don't even chew the candy. Now they feel worse. But at the same time, they always feel also feel a little bit better because they know that Monday they're going to start getting control of their health, or at least that's the plan. And yet somehow after making this mistake so many times, we can't see that procrastinating for a few days down the road doesn't make us better at procrastinating when that day down the road arrives. For the most part, a a general life lesson that you can count on is you will improve at what you practice. If you start hitting golf balls every day, you're going to get better at hitting them. And if you play the guitar every day, you're going to get better at playing the guitar. And if you practice learning a language or do anything consistently, practice is going to make you a little bit better likely and not worse. Well, when you practice procrastinating on these holidays and vacations and events or any of the hard days, the only thing you get better at is procrastinating. So here's what happens next in that situation. The weekend, of course, is a catastrophe. Constantly eating those little candies. A lot of people don't know, by the way, that those little fun-sized Snicker bars are 80 calories. And the little Butterfingers, those tiny ones, they're 100 calories. Well, the average person throughout the day eats dozens of these throughout the day, in addition to all the other food that they would normally eat. And after all that, they're doing that because they're starting on Monday. And it's okay to do it in their head because that promise to act later removes the guilt and the accountability to do something now. This person in this example, so many people do this, they end up eating 1,500 calories over what they need for the day. Of course, all of that gets stored as fat, their stomach feels awful, their energy level is low, and all they want to do is feel better. So what do they do to feel better? They They eat eat. more. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they eat more. Isn't that what we do? Like when we feel awful because we ate too much, we eat more to feel better, which does make us feel better for a couple minutes, and then we feel bad again. And so we eat some more. And then Finally, after literally gorging ourselves all weekend, it's Monday and time to change our life like we had planned. But then on Monday, they realize, you know, they have another problem. And the problem is, and it was just what you were saying, Carol, it's November. And how Mm -hmm. in the world are they going to diet for the next 60 days during the holiday season when they have all kinds of events? There's no way that they can diet during that time. What about all the traditions and the family and the food? So what happens next? 
suddenly the brain, once again, unsure of what to do, um, it doesn't know. And so it looks for some action to take instead of the actual solution. It has to find some possible answer. And the answer that it finds is located in your brain in a file in your brain located, uh, located in your brain that's labeled strategies that sound good but never work. And that person realizes that the last two months of the year will be hard and they've been practicing procrastinating because they're going to wait till Monday and now they're better at putting things off. And so they make another extraordinary but useless plan to postpone losing weight until January 1st, just like you said a minute ago. And they do this even though we do this every year and it didn't work last year and it didn't work the year before and it didn't work any of the years before that. Yet we do this to release that pressure again because we're, our brain is not looking for the solution. We're just looking for something to make us feel better that releases the pressure, whether it's the solution or not. So the name of this podcast is how do you do well on the holidays? That's what this podcast is about. And the answer is to do well on next Halloween, you have to learn to do well on this Halloween. And it's the same for Christmas and Thanksgiving and New Year's. You know, in your case, Carol, like you started during a pandemic. Mm -hmm. You know, you like this is this seems for a lot of people, even though it really ended up being one of the best times to do it. A lot of people that weren't paying attention, you know, they wouldn't have seen that. They would have seen that this like this would be the hardest time. It doesn't matter what's going on, whether it's that or it's one of these holidays. And by the way, if you're going to do well on one of these difficult holidays, that doesn't mean that you don't get to eat. We've been talking about with the, with the eggs. It means that you need to learn how to be in control and eat in a way that supports the person that you want to be next Halloween or next Christmas or your next thing. On the other hand, if you wait until after Halloween, then you're also going to wait till after January 1st. And then you'll be waiting till, just like you said, after Valentine's Day. And then mm -hmm. after your birthday and after graduation, and after Mardi Gras and after your anniversary and pretty soon it's Labor Day and Memorial Day. And before you know it, it's Halloween again. And your 21 years of no results has been exactly. has become 22 or 23. Mm -hmm. See, if you're ever going to learn to have this kind of success, like what you're hearing with Carol, you know, who's I think you're on your ninth week of maintain right now and you're just killing it. If you're ever going to learn to be thin and healthy long term. The secret is learning how to do well on the toughest days. Fortunately, on our plan, you eat the foods that you want to eat. You can go to Thanksgiving and eat what everybody else is eating. You just have to learn a little bit of control. You have to learn the actual solution based on what you're facing. On our plan, you can eat candy every day if you want, which you have spelled that out crystal clear. <laughs> and I got to tell you, when, when we first started this, Carol, okay, my dad, uh, which he's actually the same age as you are, okay? Um, but my dad did the exact same thing that you did. He's kept almost 100 pounds off for 15 years now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he still exercises every day. And, you know, he's done a great job. Well, when we first started this, somebody brought him this huge, huge plate of fudge. And he was trying to figure out how to eat it. And, you know, this was back when my family first started and we lost, you know, the 500 pounds together. Mm -hmm. He cut the fudge into a hundred pieces. And instead of gorging that one day, 
um, he, he ate one piece every day, a hundred calories for a hundred days. Exactly. I do that with a lot of things. I do it with, uh, if I may make a pan of fudge because my husband is a real sweet nuts and he, uh, he can handle it, but I can't. And so when it calls for a serving, if the, if the brownie package makes 18 brownies, I cut them in like two, 32. So I have just a bite, just enough to satisfy that. And okay, that's it. I'm done. And I can walk away from it. In our house, if I bring home a family size package of double stuffed Oreo cookies, we have to hide them or Owen will eat every one of them in two days. <laughs> so what I do is I, I hide them. And if he's been extra good and extra nice to me, I suddenly become the cookie fairy. And he, <laughs> he can, he, I take I take two cookies to him and maybe I sneak them in and he, and he doesn't see them because he doesn't pay a whole lot of attention to what I'm doing. Thank you. Uh, anyhow, I, I put him to where he can find them and he'll say, I, he'll say, oh, look, the cookie fairy was here. I said, yeah, I saw her passing in the, I saw her in the hallway. You so, know, you're the, you're the thinnest, healthiest cookie fairy in the world right now, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, I'll tell you, that's exactly what I'm talking about, too, because on our plan like that, that's the way it works. You can eat candy every day if you want to. On Halloween, you don't necessarily have to give up candy unless you want to. You just learn to get control of it. Instead of eating mm -hmm. 20 pieces of candy a day, you might spread those pieces out like we talked about over 20 days, or you might not want to spread it out. You may not want to, you may want to instead sacrifice foods that day so that you could eat all 20 that day. People do that as well. It's not about giving up the foods you want. It's about learning control. And every year on this program, people will have days where they eat too much and drink too much and totally throw this concept of moderation out the window but because they make those sacrifices in the right way in other places, they still lose weight every week, even though mm -hmm. they're eating stupid foods. Mm -hmm. Procrastinating, guys, until a later date will not make procrastinating later easier. Procrastinating makes you a procrastinator. So I want to thank everyone who took the time to listen to this podcast. And I appreciate all the nice comments and emails that I've been getting about these podcasts. You know, over the last year, we did like 450 of them for members. But I want you to learn one thing today for sure. And that's this. America is overweight because they're waiting for an easier time to diet that never comes. On our program, like we call this time of the year the 60 hardest days of the year. And it's true that these days are harder than other days. However, one of the reasons so many people succeed on our plan is because they stop waiting until those days are over. If right now you're thinking, oh, as soon as the new year starts, I'm going to lose some weight. Well, you can guarantee that you're just going to throw away the next year, just like you did the year before. And although it's hard to believe that sometimes because you get so motivated and you think I can do it, Look at it objectively. Open your mind by removing yourself from the situation. If you had a friend who said they were going to start losing weight every January 1st for the last 10 years, and then they didn't follow through, would you think that they were going to do it this year? No way. Like, even though they have the best of intentions, like you did every year when you were going to wait until January 1st or after the next holiday, waiting just teaches you to wait more. Members on our plan have been calling us all week about Halloween, just like they do before every holiday. 
and, and especially these ones at the end of the year. And they ask questions like, you know, I don't prepare the food we eat at my mother-in-law's house. And I don't know how to be in control because what she, of what she's eating, because I don't know how she prepares the food and I don't know what to do. And what your instinct will be would be just to make the healthiest choice, which is great. I love healthy food, but how many times have you said, that's it, I'm going to start making the healthiest choices. And then at the end of the year, you have no results. See, once again, you go into your brain looking for an answer and find something that didn't work last time and you use it again and it keeps not working. The answer is control and accountability, not necessarily the healthiest choice. How many times, just think of how many times that you've tried to eat healthier and didn't get the results when you're looking for Eating healthy is great, but in a world where food is everywhere, you can't eat. I mean, in a, where food is everywhere, literally everywhere, and people hand it to you, you can eat healthy foods and still be 100 pounds overweight. So instead, what we do is we teach the people on our plan how to deal with specific situations. And Carol, you know, Ed and I were talking about you today, and this is one of the things <laughs> it's, it's good, really good. And we're talking about you today. And see, this is one of the things that you did really well this time around. You know, the first couple of times when things got hard, you got frustrated or maybe even were unhappy with something. Like you said, it felt like too much pressure. But this time around, like you asked way more questions than you did before. And you were open minded to those answers. And what happens when you do that? You're learning the answers to your specific situations because there's unfortunately not one answer to all of these different issues and, and different holidays and events. There are dozens, hundreds of answers. You know, I'm eating with my boyfriend's family for the first time is very different than, you know, I'm getting together with my brothers and sisters and our kids and we do it every year. And I'm eating at my house compared to eating at a friend's house. They're all so different. However you solve these problems though, or whatever your diet you guys are on that you're listening to this, the important thing is this. Don't wait until the next event or holidays pass. The hardest days are your opportunities to learn how to do the hardest days in the future. If you do well on Halloween, you're taking five steps forward. If you wait until after Halloween or after Christmas or after the next big event in your life, you're taking 50 steps back. If you want to succeed during the holidays, stop waiting until they're over because you'll wait forever because they never end. The best time to start your diet is before the holiday, not after. And best of all, once you stop procrastinating and you take action, think about how you really feel. You don't feel like you're missing something when you take control. You feel great. You know, if your plan on Halloween was to wake up early and exercise, and then you were in total control of your feel, food, you're not sad at the end of the day. You're proud of yourself. You don't, we don't feel worse when we follow through and take action towards our goals. That's when we feel our best. So the answer to this question that this podcast asks is, if you want to do well on the holidays, you stop waiting until they pass and you start now. So, Carol, is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, just as you were saying, your mind another another thing I've read, you know, several times, and probably everybody else has too. That today is the tomorrow you're worried about yesterday. Yeah, so it, it's so it, you know you're putting things off. Today might be the best way to get rid of having to put things off anymore. 
Yeah, it's so good. I did a speech a while back ago in, in front of, um, it was a long, long time ago in front of this group of 600 people. And it was so much fun. I love to speak. And the, one of my favorite quotes, it was from Benjamin Franklin, then it, it, it ends with this. And the quote is, is that do not squander time because that is the stuff that life is made of. Mm-hmm. And exactly. if you read anything about Benjamin Franklin, this is one thing that he understands. That guy was hardworking and he would just go and go and go because he understands, you know, like there is no tomorrow. You got right now and these right nows are going to pass really quickly and you got to make it count now. And that really is that's how people succeed when they do this. So mm-hmm. good. Well, Carol, you're such an inspiration. Thank you for sharing this story. And like I said, I know you said you're going to send a picture and we're going to put that up on the Facebook page so people can, can see your success. And uh, I, uh, if you were going to give uh, somebody that was thinking about starting our plan, one piece of advice, is there anything that comes to mind? Oh, now you put me on the spot. <laughs> yeah. I, I would just say, be kind to yourself. You have to uh, recognize that you're not going to make it 100% all the time, that that's going to take work, and it's going to take accountability, and that uh, the people in, at FAST are there to help you. That's you perfect. Know? So if you, well, don't, if you don't think you can do it, you can do it anyhow. You, that is absolutely perfect. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this, because uh, you really, you, these really do inspire people, and uh, I appreciate your time. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right. I'll send you, All right. I'll send I'll you send the you. I'll send you the bill, Tony. Send me the bill. That sounds good. I'll send you the bill. All right. See you later, right. Carol. Take care. All right. Okay, bye bye.